inside his angry words there's a bird inside his pain there's a bird that makes him run away brings him back again there's a bird inside his clenched fist that's shaking like a Baby. Oh, it's the amazing and incredibly talented singer-songwriter Nick Danter who's uh, joined us today. It's been a while since we've had uh, you come on, Nick. Yeah, it feels like yeah, it's been a few months. Really great to be back here. It's always a pleasure to have you, mate. Um, and just uh, yeah, just love the uh, you know the, the songs. They quite they resonate quite deeply within us, and we've heard that song a number of times. But it's uh, such a beautiful song. Tell us again where how you came about with with writing that number. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm a teacher, and years ago I was working at Lithgow High, and I've always worked with kids who have experienced trauma and have. Uh, sort of had emotional disturbances and behaviour disorders. That's sort of been um, what I've done with my career. Um, and this day I'd had, I'd had a pretty tough day and I was just going around sort of locking up all the classrooms and heading out for the day. And I came into the corridor and there was, there was a magpie that was in the corridor. Um, and I thought, yeah, I, I really... The bird has to get out before I lock the place up. That's, that's a given. Um, and it had been a really long day and... and sort of 
having to gently coax this bird out of the building, it just really occurred to me that that's really what I'm doing with the kids and what so much teaching is doing with the kids. It's got to be a real Beautiful. gentle and encouraging approach rather than a just, get out of the building now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I sort of, yeah, got the bird out and by the time I got home, I'd, I'd sort of virtually written a song. Is a song in that? Yeah. So. That's awesome. It's, um, it's amazing, mate. That's, that's terrific. Um, and, of course, uh, I want to uh, introduce my co-host. And uh, we didn't do a show last week, so I miss you, Bates. We, yeah, uh, yeah, we had, yeah. a, had that week off. Um, so welcome, Bodie Marzen, local psychotherapist. How's your week been? Um, uh, good in parts, like the Parsons egg. Uh, the curate's egg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What can I say? I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. You, I was thinking of your song and I was, um, you know, uh, checking through my emails and the Māori quote came through about Tane Mahuta, which is the giant kauri tree in the forest um, that holds the birds, um, provides shade, gives us a canopy. Um, and um, so I was nestled under that canopy while you're singing that song, thinking about um, let's set the bird free. Um, and, 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 I, and I was, had a client this morning and um, he's been a businessman in Vanuatu and um, um, he was talking about the new freedom. He's 64 and the new freedom for him um, is setting his mind free. So he's had a prescribed role as a business person um, but he's starting to move away from that. Um, and so what person is he becoming? Um, and what parts of himself that have been subordinate to his business role um, might start to come through. Mm. Um, and it's his, his delight in his grandchildren was, was one example that he gave. So, um, so all night last night he was dreaming and he was wrestling with something. And I said, oh yeah, well, <laughs> it sounds like you were wrestling with parts of yourself that uh, are time to bugger off and um, let the sort of bigger parts of you, the more expressive parts of you, Emerge. Come out. Yeah. Um, so the whole hour was spent ref just reflecting on that very interesting idea. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and before we get to today's guest, I, of course, I just want to um, have a quick uh, shout out to uh, our show sponsor. Um, of course, this is the Men's Mental Health Show, um, and each week we are brought to you by uh, Noel Pope and the Greater Lawson Community down there from the post office. Um, and Noel's out of Mudgee at the moment, sending through some lovely pics on Facebook. Um, terrific fella. He's a, he's a real character, Noel. And, of course, to my very good mate down there at the bottom of the hill in uh, Mount Pritchard uh, and the Mounties group, uh, Dale Hunt. So uh, thank you to them both. Um, now to our guest today. Um, it's, it's been a while since, I guess, we've had a guest um, that we're going to cover the topics of. Um, Paul Sims... Um, we came into contact last year, you and I, through a, a mutual friend passed me on your number and we had uh, uh, a good conversation about a few things. We seem to have a few things in common, you and I. Um, he's, got a, a, he's had a, a, a tremendous life and, has, has, and does tell a good yarn. Um, but uh, like so many of us, um, he, has, uh, he has his battles with the black dog. Um, and this year has been a, a particularly difficult year for Paul. And um, I, I'm just, I just want to say before we go any further, uh, the first thing, if there may be some um, uh, things that trigger people, so I'll just uh, let you know we are going to go into a few um, uh, deep areas in, in this discussion. But the second thing is I'm just so 
incredibly proud to, to have this gentleman come on. I, I, we caught up on Sunday um, at the King's uh, birthday that uh, you came along. I think you ran into his uh, partner, Bella, and at the Red Sparrow, and she uh, said to you, come on down, and you did. And we had a lovely discussion, and, and it was just only really a couple of minutes in. I said, mate, I, I would love it if you come on the show on Tuesday. And without hesitation, uh, you said yes. And that, that really uh, meant a lot to me. Thanks. And, um, Thanks, mate. Mate, welcome. Thank Paul you. Sims. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's good to be here. Paulie, uh, sorry, Paul, um, tell, tell us a, a bit about yourself. Where, where did you grow up? Um, uh, and, and, and what have you been doing, uh, you know, in your earlier years and, and, you know, what's going on? How, how old are you first, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, this is going to throw a few people. Mid or late, you could say 40s or 50s, whatever you like. Can I say <laughs> I'm 59 and 48 months? 59 <laughs> years and 48 months. Is that all right? That's perfect. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I, uh, Pete Townsend embedded something <laughs> in my head many, many years ago and I just... Can't go past 59. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, Bodie and Blue Phillips have a, a real issue going past 16, so that's, that's good. Yeah. Oh, so I've done really well. Yeah, you've done really well. <laughs> when the two of them are together, I have to separate them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's top, top misbehaving, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where did you grow up, first of all, Paul? Uh, I was born in Penrith, but we left there, um, I, think in, I think it was about 62 and moved up to what was then the new suburb of Winston Hills into the Hills District. And so I basically spent up until my early teens Winston Hills and then we were in North Rocks, Castle Hill, Borkham Hills. Um, I went to James, James Roos Ag College at Carlingford mm. um, and sort of had, had a dream what I wanted to achieve but then came to the realisation pretty quickly that I was too rebellious to achieve it. So when I left school, I thought, well, do a lot of things and eventually you'll end up doing some of them good. Mm. So uh, to sort of truncate it a little bit, I worked in radio, I worked for a couple of record companies, I was a flight steward. Uh, I worked in... Probably the longest job was when I worked in book publishing. I worked for HarperCollins Book Publishers for four wow. years. Wow! And um, yeah, I've been I've been You've pretty fortunate. Great, uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty fortunate. Met met a lot of great people. Met some fantastic yeah. people. Um, some not so fantastic. <laughs> but um, you know, they're all they're all just experiences along the way. Yeah, and, it's all uh, part of your journey, isn't it? I just, I've just let everything go on around me. We, you know, I had a friend, or rather, my, my wife had a friend who was a um, a psychologist, she moved to Brisbane some years ago and she, uh, I was uh, having a cup of tea with her one day and she said, you're an existentialist. And I said, I'm a what? You're a, you're a who? <laughs> and I, 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 I sort of kind of knew what it was yeah. and she said, no, you're an existentialist. And, uh, and um, I'd read a bit about existentialism <laughs> after I saw her, I went and saw her sort of a thin version of it and said they have a propensity to wear black. And I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> this, is, this is Australia, it's hot. But, yeah, a lot of the things, I, I, maybe I am, because I just tend to let everything go on around me and I'll just, just do what I do and move forward. If you, know, if you get knocked down, then you say, all right, and you have a look around. I never get straight back up. I always look around to see if there's somebody else coming over the top. <laughs> then I'll get back up. 
<laughs> but it's not always easy getting back up, is it? You oh, know, no. oh, you, no. you, your no. analogy of no. it all was. Um, I talk about my clay pit. What your analogy of it? Mine, it, it, mine was like being in a swimming pool filled with treacle, yeah. and I could see the ladder mm. to get out of the pool. Just couldn't get to it. But um, when I thought I could swim to the ladder, I couldn't get there. Mm. And um, and there were other times where I just couldn't be bothered mm. going for the ladder. Mm. Um, it took me quite a while to get out of the pool. Um, and now uh, you talk about a knife edge. I, I, I have been asked, how are you now? And I say, oh, I feel I'm out of the pool, but I'm walking around the edge of it. But a lot has happened since that initial issue. Yeah, and we, you know? we spoke about uh, a mental health network. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I say network, I'm talking about friends and, mm -hmm. and doctors mm -hmm. and whatnot. And yeah. um, it was one of the main reasons why I guess I, I thought I'd ask you on, because every week uh, Bodie and I mention our toolkit mm -hmm. skills that we can use to put in there um, <laughs> for certain situations when, when needed. Um, but I was uh, quite uh, impressed with some of the things that you said that you had um, in way of how you dealt with things. Now, um, late last year, you were, uh, you know, in, in in that in that pool. I guess it was a pretty oh, yeah. a pretty yeah. dark place uh, for you. And and we spoke. Uh, I think it was three or four occasions. Um, and then you, we kick into 2020, which is probably, it's been about really, you know, in general about the worst year I can recall, um, <laughs> post World War II. Um, I was born in 74, but it's, um, I, you know, the impact it's had on communities, not just people, businesses, um, the world has been impacted by this COVID. But 2020 has been a, about probably the worst year I can possibly imagine for anyone. Oh, I'd back that. I, for you. I, I feel exactly the same as you mm. do. 2020, and not just for me. You know, there's there's been things that have happened to me, but the, the, there's close friends that things have happened to them that you couldn't really pick. I mean, no, but none of us can see what's really coming. But mm. some of them are so far left field. Mm. Um, is I. I'm sure I echo a lot of people's sentiments. I'd, I'd love to go to bed tonight and it'd be December the 31st, mm. <clears throat> just so we could put it behind us. It was... You OK? And when, if, I say this to, to all my guests. If you're not OK with any of my questions, we can just steer away and that's, mm. that's fine. So you mentioned a story about in passing um, a friend, and I will always say each week that we each have a responsibility to act if we see someone or, mm. or hear someone's in a state of absolute despair. Um, and I think you were, were talking about walking through the, the town of Lura and someone had said to you, um, g'day Paul, how are you mate? And, and your response to them was something along the lines of nothing that a bottle of sleeping pills wouldn't fix. Is yeah, that correct? That's, that's correct. It was in, it was in, I was walking through Wentworth Falls mm. and uh, a friend of myself and my wife that's got a business there asked how I was and uh, obviously it wasn't a good day and I said to her, oh, yeah, I'm okay, nothing that a bottle of sleeping tablets wouldn't fix. And mm. um, it was true, but it was mm. a throwaway it, it, truth. That's right. Yeah. It was a throwaway truth. And, um, you know, I, I just didn't have time to think any more about what I said. Mm. Mm. And uh, that night 
we were, Janina and my, my wife and I were talking and, um, you know, because she was an absolute rock. She was behind me for 35 years. Mm. And I was at our wedding anniversary yesterday. It would have been 35 years yesterday. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all, the, all the, the dumb things I did, to quote Paul Kelly, um, <laughs> she, she just never wavered. She just never wavered. Things changed. Her health changed. And it was in a process of changing. Mm. But she was behind me with everything mm. I did. And we, we were sitting up about, I think it was one o'clock the next morning, just talking. Mm. And, uh, and the next minute we got all these lights flashing on the windows. Mm. And um, I said, well, hang on. I said, somebody's out there. And um, then we heard this bang on the door. I said, police, could you open the door? <clears throat> the person that I had dropped the one-liner to, it had eaten away at them, and they rang the police and said they were worried about me. What was your first reaction when the police came to the door and they said, we're doing a mental health check? Um, the what was your first... What did, did you feel like angry? Were you... No, no, not okay. at all. I was, I was probably more stunned because I opened the door and said hello, and they said, uh, you, Paul Sims, do you mind if we come in? And I said, no. And uh, Janine said, what's up with Lara? Is Lara OK? That's our daughter. Yes. And I thought, oh, jeez, what a great dad. I didn't mm. even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they, they came in, they said what had happened. Um, they didn't say the person's name who phoned up. But they came in and they reiterated what had been told to them. But they didn't, they didn't leave for over an hour. They wanted to be comfortable within themselves that I was okay before they left. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, look, I was knocked sideways by it. I think, I think we finally got to bed about three or something. And, and this is um, Katoomba police that have done yes, it. Yeah, that's yeah, it that's terrific. But good on you. I mean, we're in up here, um, and I'm and I'm sure we're not the only. We're in a fantastic community um, up here, in that there is still an awful lot of um, people looking out for one another that aren't what you'd call close friends, if you know what I mean. You know, you, mm. you'll know somebody mm. by sight. It's a bit like where I, Northern Beaches was known as the Inchella Peninsula, but the, the Blue Mountain, we, we, it is quite insular here too. Yeah, it is. It is because... Mm. Um, you can't walk down the street without someone, you know, stopping. And it's, it's, no. a, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because no. I used to get frustrated, I beg your pardon for interrupting, but yeah. you walk on the beach, I'm, I'm that person that says hello to everyone. Yeah. And, I, and I'm the weirdo, you know, that's what happens sometimes. And I, and I anyway, I, I don't think why it takes someone to say not, you know, hello back, but yeah. you can't go through a town like Lura, Katoomba. No, the community, uh, and I'm sure I'm not, again, I'm sure I'm not Robinson Crusoe here. They, they're incredibly supportive. Um, and we do look out for one another, even if we don't know them really well. You know, I've, I've had people phone me, talk to me, and oh, I've seen you at this coffee shop or I've seen you at that coffee shop, because you'll never see me in a pub. I don't like them. <laughs> and... Uh, um, you know, and you know, you, you just get to talk to them, and that's how friendships develop. Mm. But it'll still be, oh, could you help so and so do this? And I know you. Mm -hmm. um, so sort of bleeds it, into that, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I've been, you know, quite simply, and I tell people, I've been, I've been blessed with 
what's come to a head over the last 12 months with me, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and I'll be forever grateful for that, whether I live another 50 years or 50 minutes, you know. Mm. I, I've been blessed with the backup I've had from the community, the support. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, absolutely incredible. Boats, did you want to add anything here? Or? Well, <clears throat> just backing up what you're saying, Paul, mm. about connections, um, you know, the truth of, of, of any existence when you've lived uh, uh, just under 60 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 48 months. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While having so much more wisdom than yeah, yeah, you yeah, would yeah, think yeah. those 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few things in life that get thrown at you, which are, are uh, curveballs, aren't they? Um, and um, we're obliged to actually um, kind of deal with what's thrown at us. And it says something about who you are. Um, um, or what develops um, in, the, in reaction to mm -hmm. life events that are, that yep. are challenges, you know, that are curveballs. Yep. Um, and um, none of us can avoid that sort of stuff. That's the reality of existence, which is an exi existential notion. Um, and, um, but you know, the, 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 if there's no connection around you in, in the face of a curveball that's knocked you out or knocked you over, um, then that's, a, that's that point of vulnerability, isn't it? That's yeah. that point mm. where um, you do start to actually sort of think that um, um, the gods have abandoned me and I'm, on, I'm really battling on my own here and um, um, what, what can I do? And I don't want to do... I'm stuck str struggling in that treacle. Such a wonderful description. Um, and trying to get to the ladder. Um, and the ladder represents, um, in, in literature and in biblical terms... Um, our attempt to sort of search for heaven or search for release from the struggles of existence. Um, and um, so I love, all I'm saying here is that connections, connections, connections. If our community wants to do anything about mutual regard and support, let's keep thinking about uh, extending a hand towards each other. That's beautiful. Let's keep acknowledging um, that we all coexist at mm. some level. There are no, we're not individual packages having to walk along the street. We are a community. And mm. how can we actually make that a real, tangible, uh, substantial reality um, in a felt way mm. um, so, that, um, so that we can then coexist with the slings and arrows of fortune or misfortune yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and reach out? So um, it's extremely powerful advice, yeah. I think. But it's because it's so easy that when you get to that state where Paul's quite a social person, it's, it's very easy to become recluse. And we were talking about that the other day. But you, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's an extremely powerful asset you have is to be able to get up regardless of what's happening and walk that town, yeah. walk that coffee shop. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's, it's an enormously powerful asset to yeah. have yeah. I was talking to you it's at some stages where I get into my state I, I actually become catatonic and mm. I'll be in the same position it's not uncommon for for 24 36 hours and I, I probably won't even go to the toilet I won't move um, and I still get like that um, and because I'll try not to take the sleeping tablet if I'm not sleeping because I get hung over the next day for it but you know Someone gave me a perfect piece of advice. Doesn't matter what you do, just make sure you get up and you do something every day. Um, you know, so it might be making your bed. But mm. for me, uh, to give you an example, I've had an enormous amount of outbreak of pain, and now I've done my back, and I've put on just in the last two weeks three kilos. 
and it's because I haven't been getting up and getting out. And I've noticed that my mental health has also suffered from that. Um, so to hear you talk, um, particularly, you know, with your, your battles with the black dog, it's, uh, it's extremely... And then to hear what Bodie says, it's powerful advice. You, if I can interrupt, you've, no worries, you've no, got you're... to keep a channel open somewhere. Somebody mm. is going to say something and... Like I said about people you may know, you may not. Now, Bud's new Janine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I didn't know. Isn't that wonderful? You know, I it's didn't like know. such a small world. And, he, you know, as soon as that you introduced me to him, he said, well, from the nursery. Yeah. And yeah. I said, yeah, that was my wife. <laughs> um, so she knew him. Mm. Eventually, I may have met him, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. and... It was one of the things my daughter noticed when we had my wife's funeral, and I lost it, and I'm quite happy to admit that, quite mm. OK to admit. I turned around, I looked at eight faces, and daughter was very upset, and I was upset, we were talking about it afterwards, and she said, there's probably 50 people just from the nursery alone. She said, forget about the people you know, just the people mum knew. That you didn't, and you know, yeah. Bads is a, is a perfect example. Sorry, no problem. And you know, so you keep your eyes and ears open. I mix with a lot of young people, mm. and I love it. Yeah, they have been like like myself. Yes, mate. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, mate. Like yourself. That and boats. That, that, yeah, that are nowhere near fifty-nine years <laughs> and forty-eight, 48 months, months of age, yeah. and. <clears throat> it's really quite surprising and humbling mm. some of the things that they will come out with. Yeah. Um, and they're not just saying them. Mm. Mm. You know, there's, there's a couple of specific instances where young people have floored me mm. just in the course of a chat with what they've said directly related to me. What a lovely thing to say. Well... Can I give you, can I give you yeah, two sure. examples very quickly sure. and I'll leave the people's names out of it. Um, you can use their, you can use their, their Christian names, that's fine. Yeah, one, all right, I, went, I went to get a, a uh, I, think, I think Janina had been gone a couple of weeks and of course she passed away in April and a lot of shops were just shut. That was it. This was very early on mm. in the COVID thing. They were just shut. Anyway... Young girl I've known for about um, about five years. I first started, uh, talked to her at a shop, and um, anyway, she's uh, she's made me a coffee at this coffee shop I go to, and I was having a pretty bad day. She came out, and uh, I was waiting outside. She went to give me the coffee, and she said, oh, "I can't handle this," and uh, I said, "What's what's up?" And she put the coffee down, and uh, she said, "Come give us a hug." And I was, obviously I was looking a mess. And I thought, all right, about 19, we've worked out my age. And I thought, yeah, you can hug me, but I'll just leave my hands fl flying in the breeze. You know, I'm not going to put my arms <laughs> And um, she said, everything will be all right. She picked up the coffee, she gave it to me. She says, now, listen, I don't have anywhere near the life experience you've had. Wow. But if you need to talk to me, I'm here. 
And I was, I was quite floored by that because I thought not only is wow. she admitting that, you know, look, I'm a lot younger and you've done a lot more things, but if I can help, I will. And, uh, you know, I was, I was taken by that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, another friend, one night I had a really bad thing. I was just in a bad way. Um, I think I went out about half past 11 and I walked up to the village and... Uh, through the village and up around the lake and I got home about 2am or something like that. And um, the, the next morning, this other friend said, geez, you look tired, Paul. I said, oh, I've been out walking. And I said, it's just tough. And she went ballistic. What do you mean you've been out walking all night? What have you, what have you been doing? And I said, oh, I had to do this, had to do that. Why didn't you phone me? Mm. And I said, well, <laughs> you're asleep, you're studying, I'm not going to do that. And she said, well, I'm sorry, that's bullshit. It's I'd rather have the phone call. Yeah. Please. You know, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd rather have the phone call. You know, young, you know, everybody says the same thing, young people of the future. That's uh, right. Was, yeah. And they're very easily, I've noticed, in this world, it's very easy to slag them off. Mm. But I'll tell you what, I can't, you can't slag off too no. many, I know. Mm. That's a lovely thing I, to say, I just Paul. can't. They, they yeah. are too... Good. I mean, you know, at the party we were at yeah. on Sunday, that um, Kelsey and, and her fiance were sitting having a chat with Sean, them. Sean, yeah. Sean. Mm. And, you know, when I left, he came up and shook hands. He said, mate, thanks for the chat. I appreciate it. Isn't yeah, lovely? He's a lovely man. Well, I've always found, and I'm, I'm not a, a psychologist and that, I mean, I, I clean cars for a living. But, yeah. you know, talk with them, talk to them. Just don't talk at them. Mm-hmm. No, no. Wise advice. And you'll find that they'll think, hey, you know, it's, you know, I'll get a phone call. We'd be before this, all the COVID thing, Paul, are you going to see so-and-so up at the family or up at the... Because a band will be going through. Mm-hmm. You know, and here they are ringing this bloody ageing hippie. <laughs> so, do you want to come and see <laughs> existential? Do you want to come and see a band with us? Yeah, boys, we'll uh, we're just gonna uh, just uh, really. I know we we have to do this. Is um, we're just gonna have a, a quick break. Just gonna go to a couple of ads uh, because uh, also they help uh, sponsor the station. And Nick's gonna come back uh, with a song for us. Uh, it's eighty nine point one RBM FM. It's uh, we're looking at twenty five minutes to twelve. Men's Mental Health Show. to the end of March 2021. From the 28th of September, businesses must meet the turnover test and submit their declarations by the 14th of each month. There will be two new payment rates based on average hours worked and employee eligibility date changes mean some businesses could claim for more staff. It's part of our plan to keep business in business and Australians in jobs. For more information, visit australia.gov.au. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. Somehow, every family's been touched by cancer one way or another. From Lithgow to Penrith, we have an amazing community organisation which supports cancer clients, their carers and families. The Cancer Wellness Support, I mean the name says it all, as with compassion, care, confidentiality and respect. They provide subsidised complementary therapies and expert guidance to all those in need. So please, don't hesitate, because Cancer Wellness Support is there for you. Blue Mountains Air are friendly, reliable 
and local. Indeed, and the owner is keen to keep your home warm and provide all your air conditioning repairs and replacements. What better incentive to ring him on 0420-704-907 sooner rather than later? There's a reason Bendigo Community Bank is called Bendigo Community Bank. Because over and above offering us award-winning financial products and advice, they are committed to returning profits to us Upper Mountains communitarians. We are lucky because of that. We are lucky they offer us trust, integrity and support. And we're lucky they have supported more than 140 community groups to the tune of more than $600,000. What better reason is there for us to support Bendigo Community Bank right back? That's bendigobank.com.au, 117 Katoomba Street, Katoomba, or phone 4782-1144. And we're back on the Men's Mental Health Show with our guest today, uh, Paul Sims, um, All Things Musical with Nick Danter and, of course, uh, my co-host and psychotherapist, Bodie Marzen. Um, he's located at uh, Wentworth Falls, is Bodie, and you can get him on 0424. 416-969. That was a swish. There was nothing but net then, Bodes. Not a problem, eh? Um, of course, if anyone's got a question they would like to put forward to anyone here uh, today, you can text me, and that number is 0404 Nikki, baby, what have we got next? What have you got for us now? Yeah, well, I thought I'd play my song, Black Dog. Oh, fantastic. Great. So we'll give... We'll I think it sums, it, sums it up. We don't need yeah. to know. It's, this is, no, it's Nick Danton. It makes sense. It's continuing it the animal theme. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pack of wolves here. <laughs> um, uh, Nick Danter here, Black Dog. Doesn't matter where I've been Doesn't matter what I've seen There's nothing that means anything Without you And the black dog is At your door You know I'm there with you When you can't take it Anymore You know I'm there with you And there's nowhere In this wide world that I Go for you when the black dog is at your door. You know, I'm there with you. When it rains without end, you know, I'm there with you. When you lose faith in all your you know I'm there with you And all you got to do is call out And all you got to say is now There's nowhere in this wide world that I
song Nick Danter um, the black dog another terrific song mate um, Matt Tonks and I were talking about you last week just um, just just how good we think your songs are you know the, the words and the stories that you write I know you you think highly of Matt well he he thinks quite highly of you yeah. mate yes and and also too you know about uh, we're talking about a, a support network of Matt's he's had a very tough year um, um, you know, and uh, you've been a terrific friend to him. Is um, you know that's uh, that's what it's all about. Is uh, you know we've just come off talking about community. Um, we've been talking about what we we have as a responsibility as people. But um, and the person that said uh, you know called the police on Paul for for that mental health check, which uh, the Paul um, you know was was quite shocked at the time, but um, was also very grateful uh, that they stayed and uh, didn't leave until. Um, they felt they were happy that he was in the right place, and and look, I, I, I don't uh, I don't care who you are or you know what you are. It's someone at some stage is always going to come through and, and feel um, um, grief, um, uh, depression of some kind, anxiety. It's going to impact each and every one of us. Um, Paul, I want to uh, talk about that now grief because it's not something that we have really gotten into a lot on this show we, we have in parts I mean with the Kazakanes which is a local cricket team they lost um, um, uh, one of their uh, Stephen Curry um, his brother Andre Curry took his life and uh, so we're hoping to have the Kazakanes come back on but um, just the impact that that had on all of those fellows in April of this year, uh, Janine passed away, and it, yep. it, take me through the day because I, you know you told me on the weekend what had happened, um, and I appreciate first of all you you're doing this. It's not an easy thing for you to do, so um, we got two good blacks next year. Yeah, yeah. Right. look, um, it was it was quite. Janine died a fortnight to the day after her mum. And we were at home. We were actually 
preparing to go to Canberra for her mother's funeral. And um, uh, Janine said she wasn't feeling all that well. And I said, well, look, just wait there. And I, I went and put some stuff in the car, come back in. Was she nauseous, headache or tingling no, in the arm? No, or? no, no, none of that. She, she, um, like something she, she had been in hospital. She, she had, had broken a leg. She'd had a fall right. and broken a leg. And um, she said, uh, I put some stuff in the car and we'd, we'd got advice on how to travel and that sort of thing. Everything was fine. And um, I came in, she said, I don't feel too good. And I said, well, look, have a, a bit of a lay down and we'll go later. And she said, OK. And uh, she stood up from the table, she fell into my arms and that was it. Uh, she, I sort of, I, I, I got Janina onto the floor and I sort of dialed triple O, um, did CPR, um, probably prayed too, I don't know. Uh, mm. Anyway, the, 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 she, the Ambos were there very quickly. Uh, they, Janina sort of drifted back up into consciousness and looked around and said, oh, I'm, I'm just anxious. And I said, you're not moving, stay there. You're not getting up, stay there. They came in uh, and, and, and they brought her around a bit stronger. And uh, anyway, they said, no, look, we're going to take you up to hospital. And she said she didn't want to go. Mm. And uh, so she, we, we got her to the hospital. In the meantime, I then rang my daughter and I said, look, I think mum's had a heart attack. You better forget going to Canberra because she just works at Penrith, bottom of the mounts. I said, you better get up here and get up here quick. Um, and uh, anyway, when, when she was in the hospital, she got this, this, this clot that moved and it blocked, I think it's I think it blocked the artery to the heart and the artery to the lungs at the same time, so it was a mm -hmm. light switch. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Janine was gone, but when I say, but the um, hospital worked their asses off on her. Mm -hmm. they, they worked incredibly hard. Um, and I won't hear a bad word said about Katoomba Hospital at all. Um, in fact, a bit of anger came out uh, after that in the initial 48 hours. I think I, I saw something on, on Facebook that wasn't to do with health or hospitals, but I got quite angry and uh, I, I just sort of posted there, look, if you're going to say public hospital system is this, that and the other. Um, next time you're crook, phone mm. a plumber or phone mm. an electrician. Now, no disrespect to plumbers or electricians. Nothing you know, normal for it was, have that reaction. Mate. They didn't stop. No. They, they, they worked on Janina. They, they were, were, were pumping a heart. They it's were putting stuff. They were doing... Three quarters of an everything. hour or something you were mentioning. Oh, I think it was close. To, I, think it was, I think it was actually closer to an hour. Yeah. And Lara came up, my daughter came up. She made it with time to spare. And we both got to... Uh, say goodbye. Say goodbye. And um, eventually, uh, you know, we were in just a little room off to the side and one of the doctors came in and looked at me and I, I knew the look. My mm. brother's a retired doctor and our mother died of a cerebral hemorrhage. And... Uh, 
I just got the look and I just shook my head and he went out and then he came back in and said, look, I'm sorry, we've lost her. Um, and... That's such a powerful moment. We it? were... We... This is probably oversimplifying it, but we, we didn't know what to do because we couldn't, we couldn't process it. We couldn't put the bits together. It was like two North Poles of a magnet. They just didn't, we, we thought, well, hang on, we were getting ready to go to a funeral for this, but now we've got this to contend with. And, you know, and, and it was literally out of the blue. No, just no prior symptom, no, no history of, you know, no. cardiac. No, no. Do you think just maybe a mum's passing might have helped, you know, broken heart? There's always so many things there. I'll ask Bodie about that. Um, I personally think there was a lot to do with that. She was mm. incredibly close to her mother. Her mother came out from Poland after World War II. I think I think she was 16 when she had Janine. Right. Um, you know, and um, it was a very different world so for what they used to call new Australians. It was more like a big sister, I guess, <laughs> a lot of the time Probably for Janine. Quite possible. Yeah. Um, and then, of course... On that day, I then had to ring Janina's sister and oh, I had to poor. say, uh, uh, your sister has just passed away. Oh, buddy. She lost it. She collapsed. I don't blame her. Um, yeah, and, and we've sort of had this... Um, both of us have had this... Um, I don't know. It's It's... it's this is Jenny's sister? Like, no, 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 no myself daughter, and my daughter. daughter with, Laura, there's been yeah. like this suspension uh, of, of sort of reality. Ha, ha, have we done this? Have we mourned here? Have we, have we mourned there? Have we done mm. the right thing? And then you open your eyes and, oh, hang on, it was six months ago. Yeah. You know, I rang, <laughs> spoke to Lara the other week and... Uh, I said, look, I wouldn't mind making a few changes in the house. What are your thoughts? She said, it's your house, Dad. And I said, I'm not looking for your permission. I said, I want your thoughts. Mm. And I just, I just changed one thing in the living room. Everything else in the house is, is the same. I'm OK with that because the time will come when I will change that. Now, and I, I can't... It's, it's one of those how long is a piece of string things. Is it tomorrow? Is it next year? Uh, I tried to do something simple because I always used to whimper about having the, the bottom drawer for my T-shirts. And um, Now I've got the perfect opportunity to take the top drawer. I can't change the clothes around. We've just come through perhaps one of the coldest winters in the five years I've been here. Yeah. You know where I'm going. I know, I know what you're going to say, yeah. Paul couldn't bring himself to, to sleeping inside the house for six months, I think you were saying. It was, oh, it was, it was about four months. Four months. Yeah. Mate, that's how I hope strong Lara's listening was. to this because she doesn't. Oh, well, I hope she is. <laughs> she doesn't know. Right. Oh. 
Well, I beg your pardon. Uh, we, we can edit it out if you like. But <laughs> Take it out of the podcast. Yeah, we can. We, that's up to you. You let me know. But yeah. look, I think, uh, no, I, I you can, know, for, for the listeners, talk about it. this is this, the reason why, because this is real, yep. you know, man, and, yep. and, and I, you're a real man, Paul, and you wear your heart on your sleeve. You're an open book. Mm. And there's so much, there's so much that you're offering. Yeah to people in similar situations. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, powerful thing that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, I couldn't get to the house, in, I couldn't stay in the house on my own. So, I mean, Lara would come up and stay. Mm. So I'd sleep in the house. Mm. Um, and it was a bit of a laugh because you know, Lara would sort of nest in the living room because she said, oh, this is where the fire is, Dad. You know, I'm, I'm staying, <laughs> I'm I'm staying here. here. And she'd go home and, uh, you know, and sort of go back to my my sort of um, temporary new normal. I'd have dinner, watch the news. I've never been a big TV person, you know, more a radio, CDs, vinyl person. So I'd listen to some music. Then I would make sure the house was perfect the way it would have been. Uh, and then I'd lock it up and I'd go and sleep in the garage. Mm. And I'd go back in the next morning, have a shower, get ready and go through the day. Um, which, uh, you know, and, and a lot of my friends knew, knew I was doing that. I, I didn't keep it a hidden secret. They no. were a bit stunned, a bit shocked. And they said, but it's winter. And I said, yeah, it's, it's remarkably warm. I said, yeah, because I've got this... <laughs> I said, I've got this old falcon... When you, when you fold the back seat down, mate, you can lay full length. <laughs> That's the great thing. So you drop a couple of blankets, put yourself on top of them, and uh, and then just pull another couple of blankets over the top, or a, a, a doona over the top, mm. and I was quite warm. Mm. The only bad thing about it is I, I left the window open, obviously, and... Uh, this morning I woke up, there was a huntsman three inches above oh, my face. Yeah. yeah, of course. And huntsmans and I just... Don't they get along? No. No. And it's OK if you see one in your bedroom or in the house because he's four feet up. Mm. But when he's sort of three inches above your face... Yeah. And I thought, oh, dear. This is all happening, as but Bill Laurie would say. Yeah, I, walked, I worked away around it. And I, I you know, got a bit of mesh from a... Windscreen from a fly screen, and just I'd wind the window down a couple and just tape the mesh over yeah. it. So he just comes in to say, Paul, you're meant to be in the house, this is my place. Can you well, I think you know, <laughs> leave me alone? Well, you know, I, I can remember saying to my daughter, you probably got the biggest shock because they got eight eyes. He said, What are you lot doing in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I got I'm back in, in where I should be, yeah. So you're back in the home, I'm in the home because yeah. a, a couple of good friends said, Paul, what. what would Janina think? She'd, she'd yeah. think you were a nut. And I'd say, well, she's probably not far from the... Yeah. You know, but yeah. I went back and, um, yeah, I think I'm... From that point of view, I've mm. ticked that one off and I've, I've moved forward. Because we all handle grief differently. Mm. And Absolutely. Time is a healer. It's like I know it's a cliche that we talk about, but I want to ask you, Bodes, is I mean, to me, I don't think that doing what Paul did after the passing of Janine and removing himself from 
that environment, I guess, where they spent 35 years, really. Um, and that was, I guess, his coping mechanism of processing that part of his grief. Is that, is that abnormal? What, what do you encourage your patients who have gone through grief and will say that comes to you and, and, and say, look, Bodie, I've been sleeping in my car. I can't bring myself to sleeping inside. Um, other big questions. Um, Paul, thank you so much for talking about loss, um, particularly of a much-loved uh, wife, um, and the um, no doubt the emptiness that resulted from um, you know the fact that she's, she's no longer um, travelling uh, with you in a day-to-day -day sort of way. Um, I think it takes an enormous amount of courage, um, you know, to be able to uh, allow yourself to uh, talk directly to this experience, you know, um, on the airwaves and, and, and also being open to the fact that um, the grief uh, loss will actually grab in the moment as you're talking. So uh, um, all power to your uh, you know, ability to be with mm, us and share you. this. Yeah, well um, said. One of the things about um, grief is uh, there is no method, there is no one way, there's no right way. Um, no or, manual. You're there's no yeah. manual. Um, uh, we are all uniquely, um, we find our own way of grieving um, and um, there's no time frame either um, for the grieving sort of kind of process. There is absolutely no time frame. Um, it is a unique thing, and because we are individuals, um, you know, and we're shaped by our environment um, and by what our folks have done in the past, um, uh, there, there's a lot of freedom here for you to actually find your own way through this. Um, and um, I guess just the. Um, Paul, the, the way that you are um, allowing yourself to have these realities and to be able to talk about them tells me that you have a capacity to tolerate um, uh, something of the, um, the grieving sort of kind of reality and bring, and bring yourself to, um, to openly talk about, about what is going on for you, what has gone on for you, what will come in, in time for you as you navigate this area. And, you know, changing the house um, or changing the, the space, I just think that's such a beautiful description of um, our first impulse when we've lost someone is to create a shrine, you know, keep, keep everything as it is because that preserves the reality or the memory, uh, you know, of the, of, the, of, of the loved one that's moved on. Um, so we have all these sorts of, you know, incredible sort of questions. Um, <clears throat> I, also, the story that you tell um, about um, you, you know saying someone that, that, uh, and the police arrive at your doorstep and say, "Look, we want us to check that you're okay." Um, I just think that kind of um, realization that we're, all of us are poised um, at some level to the reality, reality of loss. We have no control over when and where, and how, um, and what. Um, but that reaching out to each other um, and 
that young woman who, um, at, you know, at the, at the coffee shop, who just said, oh, I can't do this, I've got to argue. Um, you know, that, that is such an authentic response and it blew you away, Paul, because it was exactly the right thing that you needed in that time, um, that someone was reaching out. So what I've been told about... Um, she, you know, a 19-year-old. And she was only 19. But, um, uh, uh, but in a great wisdom, she was able to, um, you know, reach out exactly mm. to, to you. Mm. And it, it, it made something real for you. It, it, it meant that you were not staggering on your own with, um, you know, with loss, um, that there were others holding it with you. And that kind of lightened something. Or, and that says, actually, I still exist. I'm not just caught up in loss. Um, this person has held me yeah. in this moment and reached out powerfully. And that's they're, they're like the harness, back. the roof worker. They're like the mm, harness, yeah, right? Yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, I'm just, and everybody is part of that mm. harness. You know, some know they can do a lot more, and 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 they do. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, people I hardly knew turned mm. up within 48 hours, With saying, "Food, his meals, his stuff, for his yeah. his meals for you yeah. and Lara." Mate, I had, mm. mate, I had so much lasagna I could have put it on eBay. Mate, but things which like was that, great. things <laughs> like that, when you say that, that I in my I find that that's a that's a testament to the character of both you and your wife, uh, and the impact you've had. And, and that she had had yeah. on their lives. That's when people are coming forward and they do things, beautiful things to give. It's the, the gift of... Yeah. Mate, it was, it was people we know in Wentworth Falls, it was people we know in Lure, it was people we know in the street. Yeah. We might only speak wow. to them four or five times a year, but we knew them and yeah. it's poor we're here. Mm -hmm. And that was always, always followed up by How's Lara. Mm. Uh, it wasn't just Paul. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of the fact because she, she lives down the mountain now. But they would mm. always ask how she was, mm. how was she coping, and you know, I, I, I got a phone call from a mate in the in the UK after he found out, and he said, "This is so crazy because it's a surreal situation for yeah. you mm. um, in a surreal world." Because, but as you've probably worked out my daughter and I are extremely close mm. and, and and we always have it it's not just since mm. Jeanette's and if anything it's going to this has brought you even well, more closer. the thing is what we would have got as a release we haven't been able to do we're both motorsport fanatics and we're both concert music fanatics right. we haven't been able to do any of that no. our normal you know we'll feel better if we go to the racetrack yeah, you or we'll live feel it all better through if YouTube. we go to a yeah. concert mm. um, I think you know what a we're in October. By now, I would have, we would have, Lara and I would have been to probably 15 or 16 race meetings and mm. eight concerts. We've been to two concerts, both of which were <laughs> the tours were cancelled within 48 hours yeah. of us seeing the bands. Yeah. And then we've been to one car race this year, and where it was normally we'd be at Eastern Creek every third weekend or something like that, or out to Bathurst or well, down I'm to Wakeford. I'm hoping that that'll change, but you know. Um, and we'll talk about that. And Bode's well said before, thank you. Um, Nick, you've lost your father. Um, no, sorry, you have, I, I beg your pardon. Uh, what's, I'm so sorry, I thought... Yeah. Not, not so, I not, he's still call. here. Yeah. You what found, you what are your experiences... <laughs> well, we'll have to edit that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, you don't need a long neck to be a goose. I can't, I'm, I'm so sorry. I've been, on the, I've been going all right until now. Um, Tell me, Nick, what are your experiences with grief? Have you had to experience grief in your family, your wife's family, 
Yeah, I, I suppose we've been lucky in terms of people, um, yeah, like not dying. But I guess, I mean, for me, grief probably around the splitting up with the yeah. mother of my two kids and, um, and around, yeah, that experience. That's, I mean, that's, yeah, sort of the toughest thing that I've been through. Mm. Um, and, it, yeah, it's, it's ongoing. When, when was that, Nick? Uh, so maybe maybe 15 years ago. Mm. Mm. Um, How long did, would you say that it took you to fully recover from that or to, to get over from that? Would it have been months, weeks, years? Uh, look, I suppose, I mean... For me, it was a decision I was making because I... So I was the one who decided that the relationship needed to end. Mm. So I guess mm. I was I was kind of the protagonist in that. So I suppose for me, in terms of what... It, the impact on me has been I'm in a much better relationship and have been for a really long time. Mm. So, But it's... it's The impact is really... On the kids, and that's not. That's where I was going. Yeah. yeah, like you break something, obviously, when you do that, and, mm. and you you never fully repair that. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's kind of choices that I I don't regret the choices at all. Yes. But it created a lot of damage. That is, that's but kind of the nature of choices, I guess. The positive, I guess, to come out of that would be that you you invested a lot more time with your children um, and then in your second um, marriage or partnership you also had another two children uh, one one child yeah. one daughter um, but with say your, your your daughter from your first marriage I guess since you've you've had to invest a lot more time as being a father would you say that would you, would you say that you've become more rounded or uh, as a father that You've learnt more from your your children. What? Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, certainly. I mean, that's that's been so so so. My son and my daughter were, uh, I suppose, maybe seven and four. So okay, so tough as a seven-year-old, particularly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, uh, yeah, just a lot to learn. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm really glad that they can now see a really good Pardon relationship me. between me and Jane. Mm. Whereas if if we had never broken up, if I'd never broken up with their mm. mother, they would never have seen a good relationship. Right. So I guess that's. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's certainly a, it's yeah, it's a difficult thing, and mm. yeah, they have no idea why it's happening or what's going on, mm. or so it's mm. yeah, just trying to stay connected and and help them to understand as they as they grow up. Okay. Um, we're coming up just after 12. Um, I wanted to get Nick to do another song for us, if you're okay with that, mate. I yeah. know that um, uh, you've got, uh, you're actually working today. Mm. So um, what have you got next here for yeah, us, mate? Yeah, well, I, I guess I sit here and I listen and, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of caught between a few songs. I mean, now I've, I've got a song about, I guess, the breakdown of my relationship and the impact on the kids, so maybe... It, yeah, that's yeah, do, do you think? It, I think it'll be great. Yeah. yeah What's this one called? I actually understand why you think my dad did die because <laughs> I've got a I've got a song that starts with I had a dream that he died and that so and you've played that and that yeah which I have played. See, so I'm, you, I, I don't need a long neck to be the goose <laughs> that I thought I was. You're all there. I'm glad I've given you two Bodie and Paul a good chuckle, <laughs> and anyone else out there, it's Nick Danter. <laughs> 
So this is a song called Chalk Circle, and it's it's sort of a Chalk um, Circle C H. Yeah, chalk circle. So it comes from the idea that um, there's an ancient tale about a king. There was a dispute between a man and a woman over um, who should have the child, and so the the king of the land drew a chalk circle and he put the kid in the chalk circle and said, "Grab one hand each, and we'll see who can who can grab hold of the kid." And uh, I can't remember. One of the parents obviously didn't pull at all, and so then the King said, "Yeah, because you're not trying to possess this child, I'll hand the child across to you." So, I guess it's that. So the idea of how, yeah, how do you negotiate these things, and how do you, um, yeah, try and uh, yeah, keep everyone happy and and within the family. So yeah, chalk circle. Chalk circle on the Martin acoustic, beautiful. Turn to see you at the top of the stairs when you got your eyes on the ground like it's all that keeps you from falling. The door is open wide, you got no reason to go inside. Kids in the car, their bags packed for the weekend, and they don't understand, but they feel it. I take my kids with me as I take your kids from you. Oh 
Nick, some things you've got to break to make them new. Well, that's, a, oh, that's an awesome line. That's Thank fantastic. Is it, what about that? No, that's good. Hey, Bates, yeah. some things you've got to break to make them new. Yeah. I love it, mate. You, you can put some words together. You can write a song, boy. I'm telling you that. You can write a song. It was, it was funny listening to Paul's story and sort of, and I'm seeing these words about not being able to go in the house, and then mm. there was a car in it. It sort of seemed to mm. um, kind of... Resonate with yeah. yeah the stories that you were telling. I've got a couple of sort of kind of thoughts. Um, um, one about grief work. Grief work is probably one of the hardest pieces of the human story for us to actually navigate. Um, and um, why is that, mate? What? <sighs> Sorry, we, mate. We get, I, th I think it's got something to do with the reality of, of existence. Is that we are hardwired to attachment to to connect to have significant relationships. Mm. And when they end through death, um, it is such a powerful sun sundering, you know, and it, uh, uh, that it's almost like a part of you is, is cut out or has come to an end, it's been extinguished. And that death can actually have a psychological sense of something that's died. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and not being able to hold um, the, the loved one um, or even have a conversation. I mean, women have said to me, um, I'm sure it's right for you too, Paul. Is that it, you know? I've got to tell Janine something. Ah, oh, uh, okay. Um, you know, she's she's no longer here. Um, you catch yourself because that ongoingness yeah. um, is uh, it's just a reality. And I think handling the ending of something is such a tearing. Um, it is a very big piece of work. Um, just a shout out to our listening community. Mm. Um, if you know someone who's lost, um, uh, you know, a loved one, uh, whether it's a child or a parent or, um, you know, a, a partner, um, don't listen to your voice that says, I shouldn't go up um, because they're grieving. A very good friend of mine, dear woman, um, uh, said to me, um, let me be, she's just lost her husband about a year ago. She said, let me be the judge of whether or not I can receive you. Wow. Please do not. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Step back. That's mm. a powerful thing for her to say, isn't that's it, man? That's a powerful that's thing, an thing, awesome for her to, thing say. to say, Let man. Let me that's... actually say, it's not a good time right now. Yeah. Um, but let's make a time um, because you're thinking of me. I am bereft. I am alone. I am anguished. I'm languishing in silence. Mm. Um, thank you so much for um, you know reaching out. Let me, but don't. Walk past me thinking, oh, she must be caught up in grief. I can't bother her. Let mm. me make that decision. Mm. Mm. And I thought, what a powerful piece of advice. <laughs> so please, listeners, if you're listening, you know someone, um, um, uh, reach out and um, and let them decide whether or not they, uh, you know, they can make a response back or invite you. That'd sit pretty, pretty close to home for you too, Paul. I'd imagine that that advice from Boatstar. Yeah, it does, and. I think, uh, certainly in my case, and I'm, I'm sure there are others, um, when you do have the issues with the black dog and then I lost Janice, it, it wasn't losing my wife that put me into the depression. As far as I'm concerned, well before Janina passed away, you know, I was yes. pretty, pretty close to worthless in yeah. my eyes. 
Not in Lara's eyes, not in my wife's eyes, not in my friend's eyes, but in mine, I'd hit this, I'd fallen into this pool mm. of treacle. Mm. Okay. Um, but then you mentioned early on about wearing my heart on my sleeve. Then you face, or I certainly face, I need to talk somebody, oh, hang on, they're busy working. Mm. The, it's like I mentioned, to you the, can come the, the, up and, the, and excuse with yeah, yeah it's like you, yeah, but you sort of yeah. it's it's like you mentioned tearing mm. boats, mm. and it is it's tearing. Mm. That night I went out uh, wandering, mm. <laughs> wandering around the the lake and that, um, you know. And then when I told a friend of mine, and and, and she got upset. She mm. said, "Mate, I'd rather have the phone call." Mm. And I said, "No, I can't. I can't do that to you at that time." Mm. Um, you know, and I could have prob probably phoned, I know I could have phoned a dozen people, but I didn't feel right doing that mm. to them. Mm. It's a bit like one of the, I think... Because you feel, it's the same adage, you feel like you're being a burden, you feel like yeah. if you're calling, I'm going to be passing or, yeah, you know, I'll be releasing or spewing my toxicity. Exactly, and you don't want to bring their day down. I, I, I you know... About the worst thing you can do, really, isn't it? Yeah, you, looking back. You're really... Uh, yeah, you're between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Because somebody will say, Paul, how I, I want to talk to you. Yeah. Ten minutes in, you think, I'm wrecking your day. Yes. I've yes. got to put a sock in my mouth. I'm wrecking your day. But so you've got to let you, them be the ones that decide yeah. or make that decision. Yeah, and you have to, but I can't. I, I can't I, either. I, can't I, I struggle with that. I, know, I'm, good at, I'm good at saying... I'll just excuse myself and, and yeah. wander off. I'm good at saying, so for example, and I'm sorry to cut you off, I'm good at saying to people, because I get a lot of, you know, blokes calling me up mm. in, in the mm. night time, for example, mm. and I, I find it quite comfortable to say to them, look, you're under the influence of either medications or substance mm. or alcohol. I can't talk to you unless it's for me, mm. you know, you're sober. I'll give you a call back there. I can, I can do that. Mm. But... To say to somebody, you know, why when I get to my state of, you know, not moving or why I'm like I am, the phone rings, I probably won't answer, or even if I do answer it, I'll, I'll, I just won't tell them. They'll ask how I am, and it's, it goes against everything that I, I, I try and stand for. But in certain situations, I struggle deeply with that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. You know? I do. I, do. I just don't want to bring them down. Yeah. I just don't want to bring them down. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll go to a point and then I think, no, nah, Paul, you're waffling, shut up. Get out of here. You're wrecking their day. Well, and, and I think what, I, what I'm feeling right now is um, something of that, um, I, think, I think what you're saying, Paul, is true for so many of us that we um, step back from our needs um, by saying something like, I don't want to ruin this person's day. Mm. I, I think that's such a universal, but what it, at, the effect of that at some level is that we end up not having the empowering conversations with people who are willing to have those empowering conversations mm. um, so that then we no longer are so caught up in our aloneness. Mm. I think that our community is um, hanging out for an explosion of really talking to each other mm. Um, mm. in powerful ways that provide a fundamental healing. And so I, what I'm interested in is the instructions that we give ourselves that inhibit a real connection. 
Mm. Right. And I think that we can start to have some dialogue with these inhibiting parts within ourselves and saying, mm. I don't need you around anymore. I don't know where you got that, or where I got that from. Mm. Uh, you know, did I invent that? Or is that my dad talking about? Don't bother your mother. Or, or you yeah. know, where, where, where do I get that voice from? Um, but it is. But I think we can ch start to challenge those inhibiting uh, realities within mm. ourselves. Um, um, in, in order to allow something else to happen. If we have a feast of connection, maybe uh, what comes up is, I'm unworthy. I'm working mm. with a guy at the moment who uh, is desperate to be in love, um, but he, he believes and he's not worthy of it. So the woman that's interested in him, he keeps pushing her away. Mm. Um, so, you know, those, are, those ideas are really interesting. The other thing I, I want to say quickly to listeners is that if you've got a symptom, whether it's anxiety, or depression, um, or anger, um, or a sense of despair, find a way of having a dialogue with that symptom. Because that symptom's there not as an insufficiency of, of uh, hormones or um, serotonin in your brain system. The, sim the symptom is there because something is not being attended to in the reality of your you. context and your life. When you say dialogue, Bodes, you're talking about and I beg your pardon here if I sound a bit simple. Are you talking about to yourself or are you saying, let's create that dialogue with my partner or my brother, my sister, father, whoever? Yeah, reach Both? out. Whoever's okay, going so to actually sort of pay attention to you, um, um, but also self-dialogue. Yeah. I think, we're, I think we're going to say, what, you're here again. Yeah. So what is it, um, what is it that, you're, you, okay. that you're trying to inform, inform me about? Mm. What, what we, now, this is such a strange thing to say, isn't it? Because... Um, how can you have a dialogue with a part of yourself? Mm. Um, but each part, each part of ourselves has a distinct voice, has a st distinct language, has a distinct worldview, um, has some ideas about what you should be doing, mm. um, and some of those uh, voices become become so dominant um, that they knock out or block the other voices that might be more inclined to healing, to reaching out. Um, to, to trying something new, then maybe even going into therapy to actually explore mm. something. Mm. Um, going, exploring something with a therapist, um, um, I, guess, I guess the view that I have is that if you find the right person, there can be some unique new um, emergence aspects within your thinking mm. um, that comes out of being held within a therapeutic sort of kind of uh, uh, environment to really do explore, because part of our, um, part of the way we've robbed ourselves is that we have insufficient people who are, who are, who are em empowered people, who have done their own work, their own exploration, to actually have these significant conversations with. Mm. So we, artificially, we've got to find, we've, we've got to create an idea of a doctor or a, or a you know, psychologist or yeah, a psychotherapist to have a meaningful conversation with. Mm. What it's really saying to us as a community is that we've disenfranchised ourselves from meaningful connections mm. because we, I'm not worthy or we have a whole, we have a whole trip going on um, that we actually repeat to ourselves. Mm. They are disinhibitors and, and, and I think our whole community has been ripped off by some idea about, um, that, um, about significant conversations. So can I have a coffee please uh, um, with two sugars? Um, you know, that's the extent of our conversation. Yeah, Man, talking about hungry. the weather or the day. No, I think you're I, I think it's you're starving. It's starving of being really met, um, and so that's part of our 
uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking to anyone out there in the, in the sound waves and you agree with this, um, let's start moving towards empowering our community to really have meaningful conversations. Mm. Yeah, um, the, the balance has gone too far uh, towards what do you do, like how do you define yourself through what you do rather than how you kind exactly. of connect with people. And yeah. It's yeah. that feeling of I, I don't want to, like, they've got important work and if I'm kind of, um, like, if I'm demanding their time now, then that'll... And, yeah, like, I, I think as we get older, it's just so much more of an understanding that the connections are what holds it all together and... Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think... It, it, well said to the both of you, and I think, um, for me, I just... I feel empowered from meeting people like Paul and, and hearing their journey or, you know, some of the, you know, Marty, the police officer that we had in here that, you know, slept mm. with a Glock under his pillow and how he... Just their experiences alone and listening to them, but that eye contact, looking at them, and, and I feel that I... I honestly feel like I'm almost a part of that person. That's how close I can relate and understand closely that emotion or that that experience that they've had to to deal with and and i and i learn a great deal from that mm -hmm. um it, do i find it easier to talk uh, now from from the experiences of learning all these people sure sure i do um do i think uh, it's easier for me to listen to other people's story as it is for me to share mine i'm not sure it's probably 50 50. But I think it's important, as the beginning of what Bodhi was saying, and, and on the back of Paul, is to not miss the moment or, or the opportunity that if you're in a certain situation, to act then and now. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, you might be thinking of any library. I'm talking about that situation of right now, I'm, I'm feeling rather lonely. I, I, I really need to have a conversation with someone um, because I know from previous experiences where this is gonna go for me. In a day's time, I'm gonna end up in bed and I'm not gonna move for a week. Mm. So if you recognise those earlier signs, that is the time mm. as an individual to act. And that's something that I've learnt. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I still have my moments where I'm not, but to capture those particular moments and then reach out and ask. Um, mm. And they're not, it's not, you know, as I said, I, I, I mentioned that toxic, you know, uh, vomiting your toxic waste onto somebody else. That person, believe it or not, such as me, can find that quite empowering. Um, you know, so, so maybe it's, it's about picking your, your marbles of friends or whoever and choosing which ones to do that with if, if we've got that support network yeah. or who to go to coffee with. And, and I mean, to, to who to have on to, to, for this particular show, just quietly, um, you're perfect for the musicians that come on here. I just think it's, it, you know, Absolutely. this is a, a really round, great discussion today. Yeah, and I, I just want to say thanks to Paul. I mean, listening to your story, Paul, to me, it's like what I hear is just about love. Like, I, that's, that's what I've taken out of it. And I, um, it just such a moving thing um, for you to be sleeping out of the house. To me, that's the... Mm -hmm like the protection of this love that you've had for 35 years. Um, so to hear that, I don't, I don't feel at all burdened. I feel really privileged to hear it and just um, in awe of uh, what was the beautiful relationship. Yeah, well, well yeah. said, Nick. So what you're saying, yeah, well I hadn't brought it down. It's actually, it's actually mm. increased my heart capacity. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling um, rewarded by the conversation. It's the, mm. 
Oh, this is what I was talking about on Sunday, man. Yeah. This is what I said. This is how powerful. I know we, we keep using that word. This experience that you've had. I mean, look what it's done to the three of us today. I can't imagine what it's going to do to the listeners. Why, thank you. No, it's. I'd love to have you come back. I, I do say that yeah, uh, on, a, on occasions to my guests, but mate, you. I can talk about happy things too. Well, we, we've had a good laugh. I mean, we've had a good. We've managed to take the piss out of myself, particularly today. But it's good that we can have a laugh. But at the same time, we can talk about those things that men maybe 20 years ago shouldn't have, wouldn't have, or felt that it's the right thing to do. And we're all men over the age of 45. Um, it's harder for us. It is. We talked about our youth coming through, or the younger, uh, you know, you find the 19-year-olds and they go mm. and do that. It's, I think that's because they're being far more educated about mental health, which yeah. is a wonderful yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but for us, it, it, it is. It's a little harder, um, you know? It, it is. It is. And, it, and, it, and I think even though a number of people could... could sort of take me to task over this it's it's recognising and being open to the fact that you have issues mm. you want to fix the issues mm -hmm. and the people around you and I, I and I'll pick my words carefully and why I say the people around me is because the word friend to me is, is very very important mm. you know the, the I really wish Facebook would have termed it acquaintances. Um, you know, you've got to be careful with Facebook. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I only got it because my daughter lived in London for mm, a couple of years, right, and okay. I could stay in touch with her mm. in an instant. Mm. But you know, I think I think my friends list is twenty eight or something. Mm. But it's to me the most valuable asset we have is each other. Really? Yeah, well said. Amen to that, brother. That is the most valuable asset. Yeah, because no matter whether they're a friend, a wife, a husband, father, mother, when they're gone, they're gone. And, you know, the, the, you've, you've got the photos, you've got the memories, but there are some really strong ones. Like, you know... Janina never liked or never really liked motorsport. I'm a fanatic on it. And yet she would come with me to the Bathurst 12 hour once we found out it was on. And I think we did, I've done about eight now. And of course, Lara, once she came back from England, she came all the time. Um, but Janina, you know, she'd, she'd get a bum out of bed at three in the morning. We'd drive up to Bathurst to to position ourselves, she had her position, uh, and we would sit there and she said, nah, I, I'm not interested in any other races with you, but I, I want to keep doing this one, you know, and I'm thinking, hang on, here's the woman getting out of bed at three to sit at a racetrack at 5am and mm. not leave there until half past 6pm. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. when, they're, when they're gone, as I said, the memories are there, mm. but... You know, you can't tap them on the shoulder mm -hmm. and say, mm -hmm. hey, you can't grab their hand. And by the same token, they can't grab you and say, look, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you, your friends, your acquaintances, there, there is just no... 
there is no greater asset in this world than your friends and your acquaintances. I can say without word of a lie, probably within 48 hours of Janina passing uh, and word got out, because obviously we had to tell people and then the, the community told one another, but I'd say the first eight people that got in touch with me that had heard through the grapevine were not people that I would have regarded as ultra-close friends, but yet they went out of their way to ring, Paul, I've just heard, I'm sorry, mate, is there something I can do? I mean, one guy, I think it was three days after, he rang me and, how are you? And I said, I'm OK. He said, where are you? And I said, oh, I'm just at home at the moment, just sitting on the back there. I'll oh, put the kettle on, I'll come round. And I said, you don't have to do that, mate. He said, no. I said, I'm coming round. And um, he's a mate. He's a wonderful guy. But with all due respects, too, he wasn't a guy I would have expected to drop everything and come round. He was there within a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, you know, and that's when you start to realise, you know, people overall are pretty bloody special, and those in, the, in your community mm. are a step above that. that. That's the most valuable thing. You, know, you can have all the, all the records, which I've got, you can have all the books, you can have old cars, and, and they're all wonderful, but they aren't the ones that give you the pat on the back and lift you up. You know. Well, just quietly, mate, I think you're, you're a pretty special bloke, just quietly, and um, to say, you know, I guess the, the gesture of, of thanking those people after Janina's passing, it, it, it just, it's a reflection of who you are, Paul. It's a reflection of the impact you've had on each and every one of those people. Um, it's a terrific positive that has come from this. Um, but mate, it, it's, it's, it's a, it is, it's a testament to the man you are. You're, you're a special bloke, Paul. Um, and, you know, I, I truly, honestly believe the bravest men are those that aren't afraid of, of sharing their feelings, um, that aren't afraid of expressing um, their dull and dim and darkest moments in life. To me, they're the most incredible beings on this planet and you fall well and truly into that category, Paul. And thank you. Thank you so much, mate. I told you about that book, didn't I? There's, yeah. There's a book, in, in a classic book in Australian literature by, I'm pretty sure it's A.B. Facey, called A Fortunate Life. That's right, yeah. Um, I've read it a couple of times, many, many years ago. Mm. Not, certainly not within so the it's last an, it's 10 It's an Australian book too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I, I think it may have even been made into a telemovie or a miniseries at right. one stage some time ago. Now... This guy went to war, he got shot up, he, he, he went through droughts, he went through this, he went through that, but he never let go of the fact, I've had a fortunate life. Mm. You know, and that's the sort of thing that pulls me back. <laughs> you know, I, I just thought, yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of, sh a, a lot of stuff's gone down, um, but really, you know, I'm, I'm extremely blessed. Mm. I'm extremely blessed. 
And, and yeah, I suppose if I could use this forum to thank the community, I'd do it over and over. Okay. Easy. Because they have been absolutely fantastic to me. Absolutely fantastic. Well, thanks, mate. Yeah. It's been it's, um, it's been a wonderful fun. show. It's, it's been a while, hasn't it? It's just we've had, yeah. you know, we we get some great guests, don't we? But yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we get someone like Paul that comes on. Just before we go uh, to Nick, uh, give yourself a plug. So you've got a, a car detailing business. Um, tell us a bit about it. Yeah, you, premium you... mobile detailing. A lot of people know. A lot of people know me as the guy with the green ute. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't changed it since I set the business up in 2009. Yeah. Um, you know, I got, got caught up on a bit of a redundancy roundabout and in the end I just said to Janine, oh, I'm going to work for myself. Get on you, mate. And she said, and it was interesting because I always said I never would. Yeah. I said, I, I'm not interested. I saw what it did to my father. I saw what right. it did to my brother. And I wasn't happy. But and you can just cruise in this... And I just yeah. set it up and, um, you know, I, I just... Because before I knew Janine in another life, I had these massive American things covered in chrome and I'd spend 36 <laughs> hours making them look fantastic to drive them down the shop and back. Like a Chevy Impala? <laughs> oh, my God. No, it's funnily enough, I was never a Chevy man. I had Buicks, I had Pontiacs, I had a number of Pontiacs, uh, yeah. Ford Custom Lines. and then You like the round the... shape as opposed to the square and pointy. No, no, just that long suburb that's yeah. about, long car suburb. that's about the length of a suburb. <laughs> you know, they usually have their own postcode. But yeah, and they can make big. three other cars and if you break them down. You know, I used, we, used, we used to make a joke. If you wanted to talk to the person beside you, and this would give my age away, you'd send them a fax. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, if you want to get in touch with Paul, and sure, are you OK with me giving out your number? Yeah. Mate, OK, yeah, if you want to get in yeah. touch with Paul, he does car detailing up here in the Blue Mountains. Um, his number's 0421. Seven seven three five six one. Of course, um, uh, I want to say a big thanks to you as well, Nick. Um, as always, it's just an absolute honour to have you come on, mate. And and you, we're, we're lucky he's going to do another song for us um, in a moment. Mate, pleasure. Thanks. Thanks yeah, for the opportunity. Mate. And I guess this is uh, so. As I listened and as I was listening to you, Paul, I um, so there was so much about love, and you had mentioned the Paul Kelly song. Um, I've done all the dumb, dumb things. things. <laughs> I guess this is a song of mine that's, um, I guess, is close to that. So the line, the line in it is, um, every mistake I've made led me to this place, and I'd make all of them again. Um, <laughs> led me to your door in the end. So, which is that, and to your door is kind of a Paul Kelly thing as well. So, and, and sorry, Nick, I don't mean to be rude. And just a, a, a shout out, of course, to uh, Noel Pope, the Greater Lawson community down there at the post office, uh, to Dale Hunt. Uh, at Mounties Group, and of course my good friend and co-host Bodie Marzen. Um, you can contact Bodie. He's located in Wentworth Falls, and that's M W A W S E N. Bodie B O U D I O four two four four one six nine six nine O four two four four one six nine six nine. And to uh, to everyone that's listening out there in uh, in the podcasts, uh, please share this on and uh, come and like our Facebook page. Men's Mental Health Show, and also check out the website, mensmentalhealthshow.com. Uh, I'm Brad Spillane signing out uh, for today. We'll be back next week, and uh, Nick Danter to take us away. Bye, everyone. Surprise when I looked in your eyes, and I couldn't look away. 
Your unguarded heart hanging you me from the start Like it's always been this way Your shoes by my bed, your laughter in my head And the rain on the tin roof Turns me on to turn you on Turns me on to turn you on I think of all the times our lives are intertwined Without intersecting A face in the crowd you walk in as I walk out Still not connecting I see your smile shining through your eyes Like they're lit from the inside Turns me on to turn you on Turns me on to turn you on Every mistake I I've found somewhere to lay my bones And I've found something to call my own From a thousand miles away I'm coming home I'm coming